rotoriseFantasy.com. Are you ready to rise? What does that even mean? Yeah, what? You want me to rise? Welcome to the Rotorize Fantasy Baseball Podcast, your source for daily, fast-paced, hard-hitting fantasy baseball news and analysis. You don't know anything about baseball. You're filling in for somebody. It's time to rise in your fantasy baseball standings. Now, here's your host, Joel Manchak. What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Rotorize Fantasy Baseball Podcast. This is episode number 37. Make sure to give at Rotorize a follow on Twitter and please take a moment to rate and review the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, TuneIn, anywhere you consume the podcast. Uh, make sure to leave a rating and review. You guys are in for a, a treat today. We've got Chris Welsh at Is It The Welsh on Twitter and Scott Bogman at Bogman Sports from the In This League Fantasy Baseball Podcast. What is up, guys? Joel, what is up, man? How uh, appropriate that we're on episode 37, Bogman. <laughs> in, in a row? row? That's in a row. That's amazing. You timed that thing perfectly. As, uh, oh, yeah. People know, we, uh, or at least people that know of us, the, the, the couple, the handful that actually know us, know that we are very pop cultural centric and uh, 37 has a special meaning in our hearts. So, Joel, thank you very much for having us both on. Perfect. Yeah, I mentioned leaving a review, guys. Um, you guys ask for reviews and ratings uh, for your podcast, right? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. it's, it's imperative. It's, if if uh, people listening to Roto-Rise love the show, appreciate the show, or want to continue their relationship with the show, one of like the most important things they can do is show that support, which is like iTunes reviews, so you move up the rankings and stuff. It's really important. Yeah, so if you search Fantasy Baseball on iTunes... Um, you guys, the ITL comes in at 11 on that list, and um, most of the time, Rotorize podcast comes in like 30th or not even on the, the, the scrolling list. So we're behind about 10 to 20 other podcasts that are no longer producing podcasts. Don't you um, hate that? That's the worst. That's crazy. And and the one I'm most upset about is talking baseball with Andrea. Yes, and I, I was just Joel. I was just about to say Joel. I was just about to say. You know what one makes you so mad? It's the Andrea one. That one makes me. We've been talking about it for three years. I'm like, who is really? Andrea? Why is she on here? Get her off. Yeah, Dude, and she, she hasn't, hasn't been on since, since 2011. Like, yeah. yeah, crazy. Oh man. Ugh. So yeah, that one makes me so mad. And you know, her reviews, have you ever read any updating of her reviews? their algorithms too, like to, to adjust it? I don't know what Yahoo, I don't know what Yahoo, I don't know what iTunes is doing, <laughs> but yeah, the reviews, I don't, I think we did when we first started like doing our podcasts. I mean, we still kind of do. We'll look at our own, which is, you know, a mistake sometimes. And then you go <laughs> look at others. I remember looking at hers in the very beginning and it wasn't, I mean, it, it was, it made you feel better about what you do. I think. Yeah, but why? What is she doing for iTunes that, that we're not? That, that's my question. I don't know, man. I don't know. I'm not, sure, I'm not sure who to be more frustrated at, our listeners or iTunes. But the moral of the story is here, definitely leave a review and rating so that I can get above, you know, talking baseball with Andrea, <laughs> who hasn't recorded since I mean, 2011. Are we even ahead of her yet? We like, are. We're, you guys are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah we've the, bought, I we, think the only one you guys aren't ahead of that isn't, 
currently producing is just one of them. I forget what it was. We got a couple. No, we got like Sleeper in the Bus, our buddy Spore, um, CBS, a couple guys that are ahead. I mean, we we we're we're, we're relevant now. You know, you've you've kind of no, made he it. Meant, the, he meant the ones that aren't even going. Oh, yet, the so ones that aren't going anymore. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think there might be one. It's like that Fantasy Nine One One. I think that one's yeah. always kind of like held around. But you kind of know you've you've kind of made it in the fantasy world once you've passed talking baseball with Andrea. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you've heard the slogan, don't dine and dash, don't piss and peace out. Well, don't tune in and zip out, guys. It's not okay. And freaking millennials, like, you know, back in the day, they used to put the credits at the beginning, but now millennials don't know that for movies. You know, they they, they just turn off the credits at the end and don't, uh, don't think twice about it. So freaking leave a review, please. Um, let me get off the soapbox. <laughs> But yeah, guys, I'm not kissing butt here. You guys have cornered the market on entertainment and production and fantasy sports in general, I believe. I mean, not just fantasy baseball. Um, You guys should really be proud of what you're building over there at ITL. And thank you so much for saying that. It it means a lot because we, I mean, it's a lot of work. You know, people don't realize they think it's just two, uh, you know, jerks that go in and and, uh, press record and then spout out a bunch of stuff and roll out. But it is a lot of work to do the sheet. As you know, you put together a sheet for this show to edit, uh, to think of, of new things to talk about every week, you know, because you can get repetitive because sometimes, uh, you know, like in basketball, I know we got accused of talking about Jokic too much, but it was, it was by far the biggest story going. So you kind of have to talk about him. So Sometimes you can fall into that trap, so it's difficult. So thanks for saying yeah, that's a really, uh, that's, the kind words. That's really nice, and I pause there at the beginning to let Bogman speak because I tend to – I'll dominate sometimes and try not to do that. But, like, yeah, it's a lot of work. We've put a lot of effort into it. Scott and I have been – you know, we've been best friends for – 20 plus years so we have a little bit of advantage there but and, and yeah you know you know a lot of people listen and they just think like well i could do that you know or you know mm-hmm. the, you get the weird people that kind of come out of the shadows to say just odd things about content that you make and but at the end of the day you know <laughs> it it takes a lot those of work are the Welsh's yeah those are the my favorite people that randomly say stuff it takes a lot of work and uh even you even if we haven't you saying that is a very very nice compliment we're, we're definitely trying the best that we can and we're hoping that people appreciate the work so uh thank you very much joel i appreciate that well chris um you guys are have a lot going on right now and just give our listeners a breakdown of where they can find their et uh, their itl fix well we, we definitely have a lot going on so we've got a multitude of podcasts we've got the itl fantasy baseball football basketball uh we even have a hockey show it's not uh, produced by scott and i it's our buddies uh, uh brian and tony they do the roto hockey show but so you can get the itl fantasy baseball basketball and football all on itunes stitcher uh tune in you know wherever you're looking for podcasts you'll find us we produce two shows a week for baseball and football so right now we're we're in this state where we're doing two foot we're doing two baseball right now we're doing football I host a prospect show. It's called Prospect One. I'm a very big prospect guy. Just I was just two days ago. I was out doing uh, crazy. Bogman was like, "Why are you doing this?" It was 115 degrees out. I was watching an AZL league. It's like rookie baseball league. He's like, "You should come with me." I'm like, ah, "You got it." <laughs> it was the hottest I've ever experienced in my life. It was just standing out there for three hours watching like the Indians first rounder Quinton Holmes and stuff. So I've got a prospect podcast. Bogman covers uh, the football prospect side, which is going to be on our fantasy football feed. He also hosts a college football show so you can tell we've got like five or six podcasts and then we also we've had a show on the fantasy sports radio network they're known as fntsy but it's always been a compilation 
of like multiple shows that we do starting this week, actually July 12th on Wednesday, nine to 11, we are going to a live radio show. So Scott and I, amongst all the stuff that we're producing, people will now be able to actually listen and interact with us live on the fantasy sports radio network, nine to 11 Eastern every week. Uh, they can download the fantasy sports app or just listen fantasysportsnetwork.com slash radio. And then uh, in this league.com is where if, you, if people are looking for a hub of stuff, we'd be at our insider program or a podcast or shirts, whatever we do, our little world in this league.com. And then as you mentioned, our Twitter is the Welsh and Bogman sports. Welsh so, is sending out all kinds of uh, weird, uh, weird vibes here. He's mentioned compilations and hubs. What are you getting at? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, I like to diversify everything I do. Okay. Talk a little bit about the ITL army. Uh, yeah, it, so Bogman and I, I mean, you, you can appreciate this in, in podcasters. You know, some people will roll their eyes at stuff like this, but it's a, it's a necessity in it. Bogman and I had to figure out our goal was we needed to do a lot of stuff. You know, may, maybe there's ego, maybe there's just the love of it, and maybe it's combinations of all of it. There's so much we wanted to do and accomplish. We're not just a baseball um, podcast or people. We're not just football. We're all of it. We love fantasy sports. So we need, but we need to figure a way to make it viable for us. And we came up with this insider program. It's uh, the ITL Army. It's uh, patreon.com slash ITL Army, or you can find it in this league.com. And what it is, is we notice because we're, we, we side on the, the side of being trying to be funny, we want to entertain, we would do bits, that we had a lot of really loyal fans. And I know a lot of people, you know, there's loyal sleeper on the bus fans, loyal ESPN people, all that. We had this really hardcore, loyal group. And with that, they wanted more interaction. And we said, hey, we, well, we need some help. We need to figure this out to you know, start making this work. We can't just rely on occasional sponsors. So we created this program that people can support us. We're independent podcasters. We don't, um, even though we're on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network, you know, they're not our bosses. You know, we, we have a show with them. We kind of do what we want. And but we needed that help, and we created this program, a couple different tiers where people can um, they can get different type of perks. They can join a group me app where they can speak to us. They get see, we do comedy shows on there. We do ranks. I do my prospect ranks, and all it is is it's a it's a baseball it's a fantasy community for baseball for football everybody that if you want to support you love what we do you want it to continue and you want to kind of find some like minded people that's what the ITL Army is we created the ITL Nation of fans on a Facebook group where everyone can chat and we just wanted to build a really good community and people have rallied around and um, allowed Scott and I to continue and to grow that's really what's important You're, you know Rotorize is trying to grow we've been doing this for four or five years now in this league specifically for three plus we have to grow or we're not going anywhere and the army has allowed that so uh, yeah I, I appreciate you asking well, let me just throw this out there. Joel at Rotorize Fantasy is a free agent. Um, so new Welsh order or Bog Nation of Domination, mm. I'll make my choice Come known on, later in the episode. So definitely stick around for that. Well, Joel's you, a smart you, guy. You he's, know. He's, no, he's a smart guy. He's <laughs> Joel, not going to fall. He's not going to fall for the Bog Nation of Domination. So uh, I've started, I, I, started, I started a new tradition, guys, uh, last episode with Howard Bender, asking a question to every guest that comes on. I, I like it because... It gives an insight into the evolution of the guest and the fantasy player within. You guys have both been doing this professionally for some time now, like you mentioned. Um, what is a fantasy baseball philosophy that you have subscribed to in the past, but you've changed your mind since? Um, an, ideal, an ideal philosophy, um, strategy, you know, it doesn't have to be directly related to the game, but something that you've changed your mind on um, you know, sense. 
I'll start with you, Bogman. Well, I used to be big into relief pitching, and um, I think the reason that I was was because before doing the podcast and playing with uh, guys that are as into this as we are, you know, sometimes you play with some rubes and boobs, and you can take the really good elite relief pitchers in those type of leagues, and then you can get deals. You know, you can get your James Paxton close to the bottom of the draft. You can get all kinds of deals down at the end, so if you're getting those elite closers— you're not going to have to risk too much to get it. And I can't do that anymore in, in a regular league because it, they're just, uh, you're passing up too many opportunities to draft either a good position player or a good hitter. So I just haven't been as into the relief pitching as I used to be uh, before starting this. How about you, Welsh? You know, uh, there's a couple, you know, the, I'll tell you the first that jump in my mind, but I'm not going to necessarily focus on it was in baseball. I used to be a lot more comfortable punting. Like I remember one of the first years we were doing this, I'd always kind of go like punting stolen bases. And, you know, that would be something I would do as I went and, you know, played and talked with, you know, more people in the industry. I found more and more that I didn't like it. And we, we, we coined this phrase. It actually became a, um, a basketball phrase on the ITL Fantasy Basketball Podcast we do. We coined this last year, and it encompassed how we felt about a type of player, and it's transi- transitioned into baseball this year. We call it stuff and things, and it sounds, you know, stupidly, um, you know, just mm-hmm. easy stuff and things. Simple. Simple. It's very simple. And we put those to basketball players last year that would, they'd get some steal. They maybe don't, not high, you know, uh, point scorers, but they'd get some rebounds, get some assists, you know, maybe out of position stats, you know, point guards getting rebounds. Those were stuff and things, guys. Well, baseball has stuff and things, guys, as well. We all get really sucked into, you know, the, the big homer guys, you know, the, maybe last year, Chris Davis, you know, 40 homers, but you got an empty average and you've pretty much punted two categories. There are a lot of guys out there that do the stuff and things. You can get your homers and stolen bases now. You know, maybe you're you're kind of a little bit low on one category, but then you balance. So I do a lot more stuff and things drafting. I get players like AJ Pollux. I don't I like to get a high tiered player like a um like a Billy Hamilton, but I've got a, a team that Bogman and I have done for a long time where I've got, you know, Charlie Blackman, I've got George Springer, I've got AJ Black. Pollock all in my outfield. Black. Exactly. And I am much more of a stuff and things drafter where I'm, I'm cool with taking out of position stats and I like that balance. You know, I'm not going to go heavy into necessarily one category or if I do, I want to find the extreme on the other end. If I take a Chris Davis, I want like a D Gordon type of thing. So stuff and things drafting is something I've changed over the last couple of years. Yeah, I like both those things. For me, it's um, I was so tied to average draft position in, in the past And instead now I really just focus on, you know, I have my guys, my guys that I've done my research on, I put in my due diligence and I go after those guys. You know, I'm not tied to the average draft position. I'm not tied to what some other person, you know, puts their rankings on. And I I go after those guys and I make sure I get them. And, you know, that's really been something that I think is, has definitely helped me. So that, that's, that's my answer to that question. So we're going to go a little bit different format than normal today. We're heading into an all-star break. I thought it'd be fun to shake things up a little bit, but I still did want to cover a few guys that I thought were interesting in the last, uh, you know, over the weekend. Um, we'll start with Domingo Santana, guys. He hits a home run yesterday. He's now up to 15 on the year to go along with nine steals and a 291 batting average. This is a guy who might end up at a 25 to 30 home run. 
uh, range and 15 to 20 stolen bases with a nice average. Is Domingo Santana going to be a guy that is going to be a second or third round pick next year? Um, I'll, I'll jump in here real quick. By the way, we would call that a stuff and things guy. Domingo Santana is a total <laughs> stuff and things type of player. Um, this is twofold. You, you said, is he going to be a second or third round player? I would say no. I don't think, even if the numbers warrant it, I don't think so. Like, and and here'd be my prime example to this: Will Myers. Will Myers had this great like twenty twenty type season last year, which by the way has kind of fallen off this year. And he still wasn't going in the top three rounds. He was more of a mid four five type of guy. So let's say Domingo Santana continues it. Which, if you look at the peripherals of what he's doing, it's very obtainable. I mean, he he doesn't have a overtly high BAPIP. His strikeouts are coming down. His walks are coming up. Doesn't look like he is in major threat of losing playing time i mean they brought lewis brinson up and then they sent him back down once ryan braun is traded hopefully at some point then brinson will come up and domingo santana is going to keep rolling so let's assume he keeps going he has a season kind of like you're talking about maybe 25 and 15 or something like that i think his high end is early fifth round because the problem we're going to have is we're also looking at even though he's only he's 24 years old which by the way seems nuts because he was a rookie with the phillies in 2009 so he's been in professional baseball for eight years which is just crazy but i think you're looking at a guy that no one will believe it you know his career high in the majors as far as homers go was uh last year at 11 and then he had eight before that but he's he's inking up so i think track record is going to prevent him from being a second or third rounder if he continues i think he's on that will myers wagon except he'll be an outfielder and be like a, a four or five that's that's like maximum i don't know what you think boggs i'm with you i mean I, I think the will myers point is great to make i mean will myers is a guy that came in with you know minor league player of the year all kinds of uh praise and uh pedigree and all that kind of stuff he had a great year and he still can't go in the top three rounds. So, you know, with that, I think that Domingo Santana is that type of guy. He did have a high pedigree was a high draft pick or I can't remember. Was he a draft pick or an international free agent? The Welsh, uh, Domingo was, I'm trying to remember. I think he was, a um, an international signee, but I don't, uh, he was with the Phillies. That's what I remember. I don't remember hundred percent. So he was highly touted anyway. Like he was a big prospect coming up with Philly. And then when he got to Milwaukee, who was a bigger prospect, but he wasn't even in the same hemisphere as Will Myers. So I think, you know, we've seen so many one hit wonders, you know, uh, I, I think that there's no way someone will invest a high pick in a Domingo Santana, even if he finishes off close to the same pace. Agreed. Yeah, I agree with you there. I think, I think fourth or fifth round is more, more will he will lie, but his numbers might warrant, you know, the, the second or third round pick. John Lester, freaking John Lester. He only makes it through 0.2 innings today against the Pirates. They put up a 10 spot in the first inning against him. Last two starts, he's given up 16 runs, nine of them earned. He's now at a 4.25 ERA on the year. Is John Lester no longer a top 20 starting pitcher? Bogman, you want to start on this one? I, I think you would have to say he probably isn't. And it's it's tough to say, but we've had we've had a lot of success from other pitchers this year that have been playing well, and they've kind of come out of nowhere. It's part of the reason why you don't draft pitching early outside of the top guys. And uh, you know, after this start, this one being particularly horrible, I don't know if he's just ready for the uh, the break or something, <laughs> and he wants to get going. He, he didn't even show up for this one, but it's funny because I was reading uh, Eno Saris's chat on Fangraphs and. Somebody asked about uh, 
Lester, and he said, yeah, he's had a lot of bad luck, which is kind of what you feel like, but I don't know, man. It seems like there may be something more than luck going on here, so I would have to say he's probably out of the top 20 at this point. Yeah, he's not. I mean, I've never been a Lester guy, so I'm not necessarily the fair one to ask here. He was never really inside my top 20. He was... I'm... I'm uh, you know, when you asked earlier about things that you've learned, I'm very big on value-based drafting. That's I tie it to players, and players are very important in it. But value-based drafting is something that I kind of live in. So I wouldn't necessarily ever claim someone is like, a, you know, I would never draft them. But like, I never draft John Lester. I never have him. He's just not. Yeah, same he, here. Yeah, he's just not a guy that I own on my teams. Even though you know he can get pretty strikeouts, and he's had uh, last four years. You know, he's had double-digit wins. So if you're playing in a wins league. ERA has been nice. He's fine. He's just not a guy that I ever own. Um, the luck is interesting. You know, there, there's not peripheral. I mean, he's, he's pitching to a high bat up right now. He's not leaving anybody on base, which is, you know, partially his fault, but also, you know, the other stuff like the, you know, homers per nine, the walks, none, none of that is crazy. So the easy answer is he's never really been, or he was very borderline, but he's not now a top 20 pitcher for me. But it's difficult because this is a season where you almost just have to take for face value any pitching you can get. But players are getting healthier, so he's not a he's not a player I would be looking to buy on. I would love to sell somebody who still believes in him. But uh, yeah, not a top twenty for me. Yeah, walks per nine have gone up steadily since two thousand fourteen. He was at one point nine seven walks per nine. Then it got bumped up to 206. I mean, not a big jump there, but 2016 up to 231 per nine. Now this year at 285 per nine. So, um, and definitely that 244 ERA last year was definitely fraudulent in, in, in a lot of ways. An 84.9% left on base uh, percentage last year. So, I mean, he's definitely not that 244 ERA guy. I, th- I think that's clear. Yeah, agree. yeah. So Luis Castillo, you guys got a close lookup with him uh, yesterday. So he, uh, Hmm. he, if someone had the balls to start him in the last two, uh, this two start week at Colorado at Arizona, um, here's what you got a two, nine, two ERA, 16 K's and two, two and a third over two and a third innings. Should we be excited about this? Or is this just a pitcher who's finding some success until the league adjusts? I I think there's always going to be a league adjustment, right, with a young guy. But he looks really, really good so far. So I would have to say that I'm buying. I mean, but he's one of those guys that, you know, you buy until he falls off, at least in my opinion. That's kind of what I see. Yeah, you know, the problem with him is because he's an interesting prospect. He was one that the Marlins just kind of gave up on. And he moved over to the Reds. He's a high strikeout guy. So we like that. You know, he reminds me of actually just off the top of my head as I was thinking. He reminds me a lot of Vince Velasquez, who got traded to Philly, who I think there's some similarities where borderline, would he be a relief pitcher? Could he be a starter? He comes in, he can get massive strikeouts. Castillo's major problem is he's like a two-pitch pitcher. They're good, they're plus pitches, but outside of that, his mix is difficult. I think the league catches up to him. Um, he's, what, he's also interesting, too, because if, if, you're, if you subscribe to ERA, FIP, and XFIP, he's one of these like three ERA then it shoots up to like four and a half FIP, and then it shoots back down to three and a half on the X FIP. So it's just like a really interesting guy. I don't buy, like Bogman said it best and succinctly, I don't buy him, and I buy him until you don't buy him. He's going to blow up. It is going to happen. But in a points league, 
he's great because he's going to get strikeouts. In any other league, you're going to get your strikeouts. The league will catch up to him, and that's where you've got to jump ship. Plus, you know, his innings, I don't know if he'll go crazy with his innings this year. Yeah, I mean, he's 6'2", 170 pounds, um, you know, not a big guy. And I'm not sure how uh, how deep into games he can go on a consistent basis. So I'm not sure if there was uh, past concerns in his prospect history about that. Um, but uh, that's definitely something I would be looking at. But, yeah, I'm with you guys. I, I think that uh, the approach here has to be just see where the ride takes you. Um, get on the ride and, and see where it takes you. Um, you know, there's too much – um, good that we've seen, you know, over these four starts to to not at least want to get get on the ride. Masahiro Tanaka, just when we thought he was starting to turn a corner after three good outings in a row, he gets hit around today. He goes four and a third, gives up five earned runs, does have five Ks, which was pretty solid. But have we seen enough enough over the last few starts to trust him in the second half? Um, I know, I know Bogman, you don't like uh, Tanaka at all, but has there been enough in the last few starts to, to trust him? How appropriate you had Howard Bender on in the, in one of the previous episodes, the last couple episodes too. Bogman has a running bet with, uh, Howard Bender. You want to talk about that? Uh-huh. Box? Not really. I mean, I'm going to wind up eating 40 peach because of this <laughs> asshole. I, uh, you, you know, I, Tanaka sucks. I don't trust him. He, he keeps, and I said this last, last week on our show, he keeps doing this to us. He keeps doing the thing where he goes out, have a decent start, maybe two decent starts, and then he'll just get rocked again. So I am uh, I am out on Tanaka for this season. I just can't do it. Yeah, it's just not. He's not a trustworthy pitcher. Will he string along some? Sure. Uh, but I think, if anything, uh, you know, Ron Chandler said this. We, we've, we've referenced this a lot this season. Ron Chandler said this on our show where he said, you know, when a player shows you, you know, the skill level, or I'm paraphrasing, you know, you should believe it. And Tanaka, yeah, once he displays a skill, he owns it. Exactly. Right. right exactly. Yeah. You know better than me. Exactly. Once they show that, you know, you got to believe it. Well, I think Tanaka has kind of displayed that this is an inconsistent season. He cannot be a consistent pitcher. Now I say that he could string along 10 great starts the rest of the year. What I would do is I would wait for him to string two along. And then I would, I would get my car salesman hat on and I would sell him hard and see if I could get, you know, a decent return on him because my main problem with him is he's just, uh, he's, what, what, what can you get for him? Like who wants to take on Tanaka outside? You know, maybe you can get like a Dan Straley, but I just, I can't see you getting something big. So I'm a sell on Tanaka. I'm just, I'd rather not have that headache, especially as we get into playoffs or, you know, Roto, he's going to hurt you as well. All right. Well, Tanaka or Lester? Oh <laughs> Christ. Um, <laughs> that's a good one. I get, I would go Lester, I guess. I mean, yeah, I, that's probably not fair. If someone listening is probably like, what's your problem? Take Lester. <laughs> and it's probably Lester. Yeah, yeah, it's Tanaka's Lester. super, super not consistent. But uh, you did stop me there for a minute. All right. What about you, Bogwin? Ah, it's Lester. I'm, yeah. I'm not messing yeah, around okay. with Tanaka. I mean, at least Lester has a little bit of bad luck. Tanaka's just been giving hey, Bogman, beat up. Hey, Bogwin, Dallas Keuchel or um, Tanaka? F you, the Welsh. Okay, just checking. <laughs> All right. Help me with the last name on this one. Paul DeJong? I think DeJong. Yeah, DeJong. Okay. All right. He's hit a home run in his last three games. He's now up to nine on the year uh, through 126 at-bats. I didn't actually check. uh, You know, it was mid-game when I was putting these notes together. But he's batting 317 on the year um, since being called up at the end of May. He qualifies at second, third, and shortstop in ESPN leagues. What size league should we be adding DeJong in? 
I think at twelve. Yeah, I think I think twelve is where you should look for him. Yeah, for sure. He, I mean, versatility is a big thing for him. I saw him. He was out here in the Arizona Fall League, and he used to be. What was it? A I think it was a third baseman or second baseman. And in the Fall League, they started experimenting with him being a shortstop. But he's always shown that versatility. These these he he might not be any more than a super utility like the rest of his career. But I mean, hey man, you know he hits a bomb today. He got nine homers on the season, twenty RBIs. The strikeouts are going to catch up to him. The league is going to catch up to him. He's almost got a three eighty BAPIP. So, you know, would he be a sell? Yeah, if you could sell him for something good. Should you own him? Yeah, he's performing well right now. You're just going to need to know when to let go. You know, if uh, if if you picked up Paul and then you know for some reason like. Orlando Arcia was out on the wire. Like, I might make that move. I might try to, you know, uh, get out while I still can because it, it's going to come down a little bit. But, yeah, hey, we saw Ledmes Diaz. He was able, Lord Ledmes Diaz was able to be good last season. So um, there's no reason that he can't do it for a string, but I, I think it's going to come down. Yeah, he's Diaz yeah, definitely, point. Yeah, he's <laughs> definitely servant-made Ledmes Diaz. <laughs> well, yeah, the K percentage for him, 29.5%, and he's only walking 3.1%. You know, it's smaller sample size, 129, 130 plate appearances. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's definitely concerning for him. I, I think that's a great point as far as, uh, you know, if you can pair him together with someone, you know, in a, in a sell high in a 12-team league, uh, that that's a great way to look at it. So Brad Peacock has another nice outing today. He goes six innings, four Ks, zero earned runs. Since June 13th through five starts, he's got 27 and a third innings, 36 Ks, a 1.93 ERA. I think as a fantasy industry, we got to start talking about this guy more. Um, I know I, I've seen a little bit out there, but not enough. I, I mean, he's, uh, he's putting together a nice stretch here, guys. I think I think the problem with Brad Peacock and why people aren't talking about him is because you've got Keiko's coming back, McHugh's coming back, McCullers just came back, and more. Yeah, but they got to find back. a place for him. They, 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 well, unfortunately, he's been in the so bullpen. Much, it, the place for him has so been in the bullpen. He's got so much experience, right, in the bullpen uh, compared to these other guys too. I'm with you. He's been pitching well, and you want to see him uh, keep succeeding, especially if you own him in fantasy. But it's just we don't know what the Astros' plans are going to be. And I think their plans are probably going to be shove them right back into the bullpen. I think so too, especially because like they've got to be one of the team. You know, we've already had these rumors circulating about you know the Braves are checking in on Jose Quintana and they're checking in a couple other guys that you know this is that time. The trade deadline is you know some weeks away. I think July thirty first. So the you know the Astros who have been one of the best teams in baseball, if not the best team they're going to have to make a move in their rotation. They're going to have to stay competitive, not watching all the other teams make moves. So if you've got you know three star pitchers returning, they're probably going to make another move for it, especially knowing they can th- they not have to get relief because they can throw Peacock in there. But I did say it earlier that this season has been so untrustworthy for starting pitching that when a pitcher, even if it's one start and it's awesome, you should consider a way to get them on. You should speculate on everybody at the beginning of the season i speculated on irvin santana in a, in a two leagues that he was on the wire that has worked out well for me you should just speculate at all possibility without decimating your roster but at the end of the day i'm with bogman i unfortunately think peacock is the way of um of the bullpen yeah and one of the things you don't like to see is he's not going deep into games i mean since the nine starts that he's had since he's uh you know moved into the rotation he's only gotten gone six innings or deeper and three of them one of them being today 
and most of them have been around the five inning um, or less uh, variety. So, um, yeah, you definitely don't like to see that out of Peacock. But, I mean, the strikeouts are there. And, again, like you said, getting starting pitching and uh, high strikeout starting pitching is a big deal. Yeah. So I saw this this tweet from Dave Schoenfield. Um, there's been an average of 2.52 home runs per game in the first half, and that's well above the record of 2.34 from 2000. Um, we're on pace to see 6,116 home runs compared to 5,693. It was uh, the record in 2000. Do either of you guys subscribe to any conspiracy theories on alleged uh, juice ball? You know, I want to jump in real quick. I, I bet Bogman might have some opinions on this because he does a lot of our like stat diving with stuff. But I want to throw this one thing out because I don't know. I, I'm going to lean on the side first off, no, that especially when it comes to conspiracy theories in sports of, you know, rigged or this or that. I usually side on no. It's just us wanting to find reasons behind something. But on our newest show that people can check out on, it's the Monday show, whenever they're listening to this, we had uh, Eno Saris on. And unfortunately, because of it, because of everything that was going on with the interview, it was kind of a short interview. And that wasn't due to Eno. It was actually kind of due to some of our time constraints. And we were talking about a couple different things. And there was one topic that came up, and I bet Scott recognized this, that we didn't get to follow up. And I was really disappointed that I couldn't follow up. A time constraints would have thrown the whole episode off had I done it. Where if you go and listen, he mentions how he was in the locker room with Justin Verlander. And Justin Verlander grabbed him, and the whole team is there. I think that's the, the, the analogy. I know he said that analogy, but I think it was this story. The hitters. The hitters were there. Yeah, the hitters. And he makes reference to how the seams on the baseball are different. There, it's a different ball now. And this kind of collective you know, conversation started happening. And I know Eno has been at the forefront of a lot of this last year, actually on our show as well. He had just come off the heels of making a reference to kind of a juiced ball to uh, the commissioner. And the commissioner yeah. kind of uh, yeah. he kind of pushed it back on him. And, you know, we, I think we were one of the first interviews that had him on there. Well, it kind of came back, and he made reference. So go back, and you can listen to it on Monday as he says that. And there's something to that. So have the balls changed? They experimented with it in the fall league here. They experimented with doing something different with the ball. It's a different type of grip that uh, one of the pitchers, I can't remember his name right now. It's going to drive me nuts. Austin Voth with the Washington Nationals. He was horrible all um, of the, the fall. And then they tried this new ball out, and he had great results, but he said he hated it. Does that mean they changed it to that ball? No, because there would have been a noticeable difference. But there has, there's a lot of things going on with that change. And when Eno said that on the show, it kind of sparked in my head so maybe there's something there. At the end of the day, though, I will go on the opposite side of conspiracies. But I, I don't know. What do you think, Boggs? Well, something's different with the ball. Like you said, I don't know if it's juiced. Uh, I've, I've read on uh, some people talking about on Reddit how it could be wound tighter. Um, you know, even Marcus Stroman the yeah, other Marcus day Stroman. was he, talking he, about it because of all the blisters blister. and cracked fingernails and stuff that's going on. Like something is different with the ball. I don't know what it is, but I think it's absolutely leading to a couple more homers. I don't know if it's all of this. It could be because a lot of pitchers are getting hurt. You have crappier pitching in there. The hitters are a little bit better. Uh, you know, I, I mean, I think the way technology is going is going in favor of hitters anyway. You know, any little thing that you can pick up, uh, you can see the ball differently. You can practice differently. You can take BP a different way. I think all of that, most of it is going in favor of the hitters anyway 
But it's no surprise that, you know, baseball wants more scoring and, oh, look, there's more scoring. What a shocker. So we're at the uh, all-star break here. I wanted to cover some of the worst calls and best calls of the year. Um, So what is your guys' worst call? I mean, these are players that you just flat out got wrong. These aren't players that you just like missed on or or blind spot players, um, but players that you put your stake in the ground and you said, you know, this guy is going to be good or this guy is going to not be good. And then the opposite happens of what you thought. Um, I'll actually start with this one. So you mentioned Dallas Keuchel earlier. That was my guy, you know, that, that I got wrong. I, uh, you know, I, the injury history with per- performance as well in the last uh, couple of years, I was saying, you know, I just flat out took him off my board. I wouldn't draft him and I told others to, to do the same. So that's mine. Um, you know, who wants to start with theirs? That's not, that's not a bad one though, because he has been hurt. Well, he it's not really, recently, yeah, yeah. It's not as bad now, but. Uh, Verlander. Uh, I was big on Justin Verlander. Uh, uh, fortunately the Welsh uh, loves it. When I say this zero shares mm. of Verlander mm-hmm. because, uh, because I talked him up too much. Uh, I also talked about Tanaka. I mean, mine are really bad with pitching. Uh, you know, I was big on taking Bumgarner and Cindergard, and they're both hurt. Uh, Cueto, if you didn't get one of those guys, he's had a down year. And my hitters I have, obviously Tanaka is in there too. My hitters I have here that I missed on was I was big on Bregman. He hasn't been good. Uh, Trevor Story, you mentioned before, has been bad. I was high on him. And uh, Ryan Braun, the one year I backed that idiot, uh, he has been hurt (laughs) and not that great. I'd probably say, I mean, the only caveat is when you say put your, your, your stake, your claim on it. I mean, one that I've always been on and he's not horrible but he's man well that's actually okay you told, stole my thunder that's 100 percent. the next guy I was you were say. dancing around it say the guy that you sucked with well no the Come first on. one is Quit miguel dancing. cabrera miguel cabrera i've always defended and he just hasn't been good this year like i really hope it's not the start of the downfall he's not um not serviceable Pedro ortiz had one of those though yeah Remember i totally agree i to- totally agree but miguel cabrera was someone like i was like wheel pick all day long but yeah no schwarber's definitely that's 100 percent the one that you know in in a catcher league i was very aggressive on in non-catcher leagues i still felt like hey listen he's not jay bruce uh, turns out he's worse than Jay Bruce, but I was like, he's better than Jay Bruce. So even if he's your outfielder, he still, he, I thought he belonged in that area of the, you know, the McCutcheons and the Cespedes and whatnot, but he has just had an atrocious year. And that's definitely hands down the worst. Schwarber is my worst call for sure. Are, are I was big back? on him too, but I, you know, I knew the Welsh wanted to talk yeah. about him. You guys back in on him after he got called up? Yeah, I mean, I'm I am a masochist at heart. I I've been saying for the last week that like I would buy on him if you can. He's gonna they're gonna bring him back. He's gonna get right, and we're gonna get old Schwarber again. What is old Schwarber? God knows at this point. Jay Bruce. I'm I'm hoping he gets better than Jay Bruce. So I'm I am back in. Yeah, Howard Bender. Uh, you mentioned you listened to the episode, uh, Bogman. He, he yeah. said he. That uh, my grandma could hit a home run in the Pacific Coast League if she stuck her <laughs> stuck her bat out and closed her eyes. That sounds like um, Howard. That sounds so, just like Howard. So yeah, I mean he's he's definitely not in on Schwarber. He's uh, he, he hates him. Um, so I wanted to play another game. Oh well, let's get to the best call of the year. So let's not skip over that. So this is the opposite, guys. That you put your stake in the ground on, and they've turned out big time. Uh, Bogman, why don't you start on this one? 
Well, I was big with Jake Lamb, and he's been really, really good. Uh, the Welsh and I both like Jose Ramirez. Uh, the Welsh uh, was trying to take complete credit for him in our last show, and uh, I had to back him off that because I was big on it too. Uh, Jay Bruce, who the Welsh hates, I was big on Jay Bruce. He's been pretty good. Um, uh, Andrew Enciarte, Billy Hamilton, and Andrew Benatendi are all, all outfielders that I liked, and the ones that haven't been great that I told people to avoid were A.J. Pollock, who has been hurt. I mean, obviously, and I said this, He's a great player, but the dude is made of glass. He's Mr. Glass from Unbreakable. Two, two steals and a home run today, by the way. Very good. And tomorrow, uh, strength growing. So, <laughs> uh, and then Kenta Maeda, I told people to avoid. He's been uh, looking better, but he started out really bad, and he went to the bullpen and all that stuff. So those were my good calls. Um, I would say I think my best call right now looks like Cody Bellinger because yeah. I, uh, with Prospect One, my Prospect podcast – I've been talking about him since November, and I've been pretty consistent on going through it. And then, you know, about, I don't know when it was, there was an episode I remember we did leading into drafts where I just said, hey, listen, you know, I think someone had asked a question. I said, Moncada's not the only player that isn't on a major league roster that I would draft. I would draft Cody Bellinger in um, in, in a 12-man format. And we did. We, me, Bogman and I had a shared team, and I drafted him in our NL-only team. That's worked yes. out well. Um, I mean... I don't know. Carlos Correa was another one I was very, very um, aggressive on. There's other two things. They're not quite exactly like the call on a player you got right. But um, one of them was I got right on not drafting a player in, I think, Jonathan VR. I think VR has leveled himself out, but I hated the like the early third round, late second round type of stuff. I was very anti that. And then lastly... This was my mantra of coming into the season was I wasn't taking pitching early. I didn't take pitching early. Now, Kershaw, Sale, and, um, and Scherzer, they don't necessarily qualify for that because they're amazing, but I wasn't taking pitching in the first three or four rounds. Instead, I pushed myself to prior pitchers that have shown their worth, like Dallas Keiko, who I have on multiple leagues, and that has worked out for me. Or you know, some of the younger pitching, Aaron Nola is someone I always, always really loved. So I think that strategy has worked out pretty decent for me. So you guys have someone to call your bluff on whoever you say. I don't have anyone. So I'm just going to go ahead and say Aaron Judge. I, I told him everyone to take him number one overall. That was. Oh, uh, <laughs> OK. No, <laughs> that sounds right. Let's where's the tape on that one. Let's. Yeah. That. Yeah. Does someone go back and play that, please? Yeah. No, nah, mine was probably Lance McCullers. Um, you know, I really liked him coming in and he's he's been able to say uh, relatively healthy and. Um, you know, if he can continue that uh, with that health, I, I think he's going to be top five pitcher um, in, uh, in in the AL. So I really like Lance McCullers. So I wanted to play a game with you guys. Um, uh, basically, who is higher in the overall and, and don't uh, don't look in the overall 2017 player Raider, this guy or that guy. So the rule is that they have to be at least 10 spots apart. So I'm not just picking guys right next to each other, you know, to be obnoxious. But it, I want it to be an ITL consensus, not an individual pick. I, I want you guys to come to consensus. Mm. But um, first, <laughs> we'll start with uh, Whit Merrifield versus Francisco Lindor. So who's higher on the player? Uh, see. Now th- is this over? Did you say 30 days or season? Season. Season. Oh, it's got to be Whit. This sounds Whit's like a trap. Yeah, Witt, I'm telling you, Witt has got to be higher ranked than Lindor. Or, remember yeah, when Lindor. I called out Lindor's batting average? <laughs> yeah, um, you know, Witt has had a pretty amazing Witt. 30 days. Witt, we have talked about that. I feel like it's a trap, though. 
I feel like it is Lindor, but Lindor's been See, we bad. We can't be consensus. I'm going to take Whit. Oh, we'll go Whit. No, we'll, 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 we'll go consensus. I'll defer to Bogman here because this one does smell fishy. It's either Whit. a double cross or it is easily Whit. So let's, well, ITL says Whit. Whit. It's Whit. 147 um, overall and Lindor's 168. So it is Whit. It's all a basis. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all right, next one. So Anthony Rizzo versus Josh Reddick. Oh, mm. I think we got to take Rizzo because of the the current streak he's been. Yeah, Rizzo, Rizzo's thirty days. Of, I mean, Reddick is there because of his thirty days, but yeah, Team ITL says Rizzo. Wow, you guys are doing good. So it is Rizzo, uh, fifty four, and then Reddick seventy three. So Pretty next impressive. one here, Marcel Ozuna. Versus Mookie Betts. Oh, this is tough. We actually just we Marcelo Zuna got special coverage in our Eno episode, but and but Mookie Boggs. I w- I was looking earlier. I don't remember the rank, of course, but stats. He was like fifteen for fifteen. Oz- Ozuna is a three hundred with high homers. He's like in the mid forties. I saw it earlier, but I wasn't looking at the player rater. Mm. I'm not sure if I was looking at a standard. My league. my gut's telling me Ozuna, but I want to say Mookie. So I'll, I'll defer yeah, to you. I- I was going to say I'll defer to you. Uh, we'll pick, <laughs> we'll pick Ozuna. Yeah, you are correct. Ozuna thirteen and Mookie Betts thirty. So this okay. next one here, George Springer versus Cody Bellinger. Oh, uh, this Springer. is this is Springer. Yeah, this is right. uh, Springer season's just ridiculous. You're correct. Nine overall for Springer, twenty nine overall for Bellinger. All right, this one's a little bit more tough. Jason Vargas versus Gio Gonzalez. Oh, we, they're we just, right next to each other. We just talked about this. Um, Bog, my initial Vargas. is Vargas. Yeah, we'll go Vargas. I think it's Vargas. No, first one. Yeah. Gio Gonzalez. Yeah. Stupid uh, Gio. Gio Gonzalez, 24. Jason Vargas, 39. Yeah. So next one, Mark Reynolds or Corey Dickerson? Dickerson. Oh, I mean, this is Dickerson. It's got to be. Yep, it's okay. Dickerson, 38. And Mark Reynolds, 63. Okay. Uh, Tommy Pham or Billy Hamilton? Oh, oh. This, is fam. this is actually Pham because of the stuff and things. I, I, think it's, I think it's Billy because he's been stealing so many bases the last mm, two days. Like he had three last night. I think he had a couple that first game. I think it's Billy, but, I mean, I, I think we can go fam. with Pham. Okay, we, yeah, we'll go with Pham then. Yeah. That's the second incorrect. Damn so it. Fam, Dang it. Fam, <laughs> <laughs> Fam at one sixteen, Hamilton at one oh three. All right, last one I hate here. Bogman so, being right. <laughs> Chris Taylor or your guys' boy Scooter Jeanette. Oh, this is Taylor. Oh, it's gotta be Scooter, right? I just said it's gotta be Taylor. No, it's Taylor. It's Taylor. <laughs> I I think it's Scooter because of his last month he ranked four, dude. Well, but remember we were just we were just talking about this. Only six players had the wasn't it the double digit? Uh, well, actually, that was that was positionally. That was at third base. Only thir- three thir- or six third basemen have double digit homers and stolen bases. Chris Taylor is one of them. I'll defer to you because I was wrong. I say it's Chris Taylor, but if you I'm, say, I'll go. With I'm you. gonna say Scooter. Okay. All right, you guys going Scooter? Yeah. Scooter. Scooter's right. Bogman's oh, right again. Dang. So Scooter <laughs> was 75. Chris Taylor 93. Awful. So that's. Uh, that's pretty good. You guys got, uh, you know, I think you only got two wrong, right? Or three wrong. No, two. Two. Two, I think. Two, two, two. Yeah. All right. Well, that, that was pretty good. All right. So next one we're going to do is biggest bum. These are guys that have ruined fantasy baseball teams this year the most. And pick three out of this list. And, and I'll give uh, the ADP 
with the player and then the, the um, player rater rank um, currently. So these, uh, so pick three in your mind. So Starlin Marte, he was had an average draft position of 29. His rank right now is 858. Yeah, 858. Um, Manny Machado, eighth as his average draft position. 277 was is his rank. Jake Arrieta, 27 and 137. Uh, Trevor Story, 39 average draft position, 449 rank. Carlos Gonzalez, 35 and 769. Kyle Schwarber, 77 average draft position, 799. And Noah Syndergaard, 22nd average draft position and 366 rank. And Madison Bumgarner, 12 average draft position, 363. So pick three out of that group there. Marte, Machado, Arietta, Story, Carlos Gonzalez, Schwarber, Syndergaard, and Bumgarner. Yeah, I'll go. I'll go first. That's fine. Um, Starling Marte is an easy number one, and he he doesn't fit a category of that I would defend Syndergaard and Bumgarner because they'll come back. Well, hopefully Syndergaard comes back and uh, provide value. So Syndergaard could qualify. But Marte screwed you most because you had that suspended spot that you couldn't do anything with for 80 games. So that is a huge screw. Yeah, huge screw. Second one is easy, Schwarber. Uh, Rest in peace, Schwarber. And (laughs) the third I'm having a really hard time with because it's between uh, two Colorado Rockies. It's Cargo or Story. And I'm going to say it's Story because he was a very popular mid-third round pick. That was the shortstop. If you missed out on the first cluster, you targeted. So I'm going to go Story, Schwarber, Marte. We only differ on on one. I I picked Marte and Story. And uh, I think just the high picks that you had to – to take them, I, I think they burn you. Jake Arietta would be my my last one because with Arietta, he could have been your first pitcher, and he's not hurt, so you can't DL him. He just sucks, and he's been so bad. Uh, it's going to be tr- uh, tough to trust him down the stretch too. So I'm going to take Jake Arietta as my third bum. So I got uh, Story, Carlos Gonzalez, and Schwarber. Why I kept Marte out is because. You know, you did have to have a roster spot, you know, on your bench, but you were able to fill, you know, that position in your starting lineup with production. Whereas, you know, with Carlos Gonzalez, you, you've you've had him in your lineup, and he's and he's ruined your lineup, um, you know, day in and day out. Um, so I, th- that's why I, I'm staying a, away from Marte on that one. Well, you got something from Cargo. That'd be like Marte being a yeah. You got a you got a bad batting got, average. Nothing. Yeah, I mean, at but least you got those counting stats. You, the batting average is horrible. I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and defend Carlos Gonzalez, but uh, Marte being a big cheater, he just gave you a donut and uh, ate up a roster spot the whole time. Stupid cheater. All right, we'll move on from uh, biggest bum to biggest baller. So, and this is not the big baller brand uh, here. <laughs> Guys that have made fantasy baseball teams this year, again, pick three um, Aaron Judge, average draft position of 209, number one overall. Travis Shaw, um, 260. And ESPN, um, where, where I pulled these stats from, they don't go over 260 on their average draft position. So, um, you know, basically that's saying he, he was undrafted or, or close. Um, so Travis Shaw, 260, and he's 22nd overall in the rank right now. Jose Ramirez, 111, um, uh, 11th overall in the rank. Elvis Andrews, 134, and then he's 17th on the rank. 
Michael Fulmer, 132, and he's 31. Jake Lamb, Rake Lamb, 159 um, ADP, he's 25. Robbie Ray, 205 ADP, 28. Irvin Santana, 222 ADP, and 20. Zach Greinke, 115 and uh, 12. And then Ryan Zimmerman, 260, basically undrafted, and he was 15 on the, the Raider right now. So pick three out of that group. I, I my three I picked were Judge, Ray, and Andrus. And uh, hmm. Judge I picked because he's just the best player in the bigs right now. Uh, Andrus is so incredible. He's the number one shortstop. He's got 20 swipes, 11 homers. Uh, he's hitting over 300. And I picked Ray because I'm an incredible homer. And you also got him uh, <laughs> at the very, you know, the, not not the very end, but you got him super late, I, probably later than all these guys that aren't Zimmerman and Shaw speaking of and, calls uh, and on starting my part and starting pitchers are, uh, yeah, yeah. Judge and, uh, Ray and, and Ray. I also liked Ray, not as much as you, you were more vocal about it, but I also liked Ray. So, um, can I ask Bogman real quick, do this without judge. Cause I, I didn't want to interject, interject when we started, but I was going to say like, I think judge is like a no brain. Yeah. So like pick it's, someone without judge. Like, yeah, just do, do your three without I'd judge. Put Travis Shaw in there. Okay, so that's oh, that's really fascinating because this is we don't share the same list here. Uh, if you take because Judge is in there, but I'll assume Judge isn't in here for a second. I think Jose Ramirez is he's I mean one of he's a top ten player right now. He's the best third baseman in fantasy. So Jose Ramirez is on there. I agree, Robbie Ray, and that's a real crapshoot for me. I want to say I want to say Lamb, but I'm going to go and I want to say Granky because Granky is putting up um, SP1, and he dropped so low this year. But I'm going to go Ramirez, Ray. Oh, crap, and Andrus is good, too. And uh, I'm going to go Lamb. Tough to pick. It is. This is really tough. Ramirez, why Ray, the hate and Lamb. For, why the hate for Shaw? I mean, Shaw. He's, he's been he's, awesome. He, he hit another home run uh, today. I mean, he's he's been a stud, man. Who I mean, else doesn't he's, like guys that come out of nowhere? So. Yeah, no, I mean, there's no, there's no hate for it. I just think, you know, I, I, I can't, if I were given the choice between, okay, and this is how I do it in my head. Travis Shaw or Jake Lamb? Who do you want rest of the season? I want Jake Lamb. Maybe I'm a homer. I want Jake Lamb over Travis Shaw. Yeah, I want, I want okay. Lamb. Uh, do, do you want Jose Ramirez or Travis Shaw? I want Jose Ramirez. I really like Jose Ramirez. I do too, but, but this is who has made your team so far, right? Well, and I think Jose Ramirez, he's 11 overall. I think Rob, I think Jake Lamb has and i think Robbie you drafted jose ramirez you drafted the rest of those guys you didn't run like i kind of feel like you know the obvious answer to this is probably judge shaw and zimmerman because all those dudes are undrafted you know santana you could throw in there too but he he's kind of been on a downward trend good question it's hard to pick three it's hard to pick three yeah yeah I, i think i'd go shaw ray and uh and zimmerman if we were taking judge out of it so but yeah um let's move on i won't say the names again well i won't say the rankings but um which player is most likely to rebound out of that same list out of the biggest bums list um i, I won't say the rankings but i'll read their their names again starlin Marte, manny machado jake arietta trevor story carlos gonzalez kyle schwarber noah Syndergaard, or madison bumgarner so out of that list, who's most likely to rebound and maybe get back some of that average draft position value? I think Bumgarner and Machado are easy ones to pick here. I'm really questioning if Syndergaard comes back this year and, and has just no chance, even though his little short period, if he does come back, will be good. 
So Bumgarner, Machado, and I'm teetering, but I'm going to say I'm going to say Starling Marte because I think Marte is going to pick right back up once he's there. So uh, Bumgarner, Machado, list. Marte. Okay. Same same list as me because uh, Bumgarner is going to come back and, and be Bumgarner. I have no doubts about that. Uh, Machado, you know, we were talking with Eno on our show that'll go up on Monday, and he was talking about Machado just needs like one little adjustment, and it looks like he might have found it right as the break is coming here. Yeah, he's and, fine. And then Starling Marte is not like, you know, his is just all cheating stuff. So mm-hmm. I think as as long as he comes back, he's going to be fine. So less cheating yeah, I got, be good. I got the same list as you guys uh, there. So out of that uh, biggest ballers um, uh, list there, which most is most likely to fall off? Again, we got Judge, Shaw, Ramirez, Andrews, Fulmer, Lamb, Ray, Santana, Grinky, and Zimmerman. Pick three. This one is tough because it's you kind of have to go with the guys that don't have a track record. And I'd go with Irvin Santana because we've seen him have a good first half or a good half and then fall off. Uh, Aaron Judge, I would say, is probably one that could fall off too because we've seen plenty of dudes that, you know, will hit a ton of homers in the first half and then fall off in the second half or guys that are being readjusted and that kind of stuff. I don't think it's going to happen, but I think I would be least surprised if he did it. And then, you know, something happening where Elvis Andrus, you know, loses his juju somehow. Those are the three I'd pick. I'd go with Irvin Judge and Andrus. Irvin's on mine. I'm going to say Zimmerman. I've really had a hard time. I mean, I own Zimmerman in a couple leagues, but I've had a hard time believing, you know, 15 overall. Do you think it's overall. performance or injury? Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I would say performance is part of it. Uh, injury is definitely possible for sure. I'm going to say Santana, Zimmerman, and, you know, the, the, the problem with this question, it's not, it's not a bad question. I'm not saying that. It's that, like, every single one of these guys could qualify in that. Like, saying judge is actually a super easy yeah, answer that, because he's That's won. a hot take. Yeah, because yeah. he's one. So uh, could he drop to 10? Yeah, absolutely. Could he drop? You know, it, well, even if he dro- drops to 50, he's still really good. Yeah, he is. You know, it's really interesting. We, we ran a poll on one of our most previous episodes oh. of did uh, did people think that Aaron Judge would break Mark McGuire's home, rookie homer record of 49? And it was like 50 something percent or 60. I don't remember what it was. I think it was like 56 percent said yes, that he would. So. The belief system that Aaron Judge is a top five overall player, I think, is ingrained pretty heavy right now. I think he could easily fall down to 20. He could go through a a slump. So I kind of want to say, Judge, if you were to ask me what's more likely, you know, he is a top 100 player or goes back down to the 200 pre-rank. Well, that's that's simple. He's going to be a top 20 player into season. Uh, All that aside, I'm going to say Santana. Zimmerman and I kind of agree with you on Elvis Andrus. I think it's just, what he's doing is amazing, but um, I would be shocked if if he continues. Yeah, I got the same list there too. So futures game today um, prospects that most are most likely to make the biggest fantasy impact in 2017. Pick two of these, Chris. Let's start out with you. Um, and, and I know you know, like you mentioned before, you've got um, this this prospect one podcast where you're really deep into prospects. So uh, I'm really happy to be asking um, you guys this question. Um, Rafa, I'll, I'll list off the names. Rafael Devers, Ozzy Albers, uh, Johan Moncada, Scott Kingry, Luis Brinson, and Brendan Rogers, Rias Hoskins, and Ahmed Rosario. So out of that group, pick two 
that are most likely to have the biggest fantasy impact. And if you got someone else on that list, you know, that, that, uh, well in, in mind that isn't on that list, definitely, uh, you know, just say it. Um, these, I mean, these are a lot of the popular names. The only other ones you would throw in here would be like Austin Meadows with the pirates. There's still a lot of rumors that McCutcheon could be moved, you know, with Marte coming back, if they want to sell off some pieces, Austin Meadows would come up and give immediate impact. So, he would be at top of this list. This is hard because Moncada is the easy one. So I almost, I'm going to take Moncada off the list because like Judge being the big guy, Moncada is the easy one. He's going to be up soon, very soon, within the next couple of weeks. And you're going to want him immediately. So if I'm looking at the rest of these guys, I've been pretty, I've been championing uh, Rafael Devers. He's one of my favorite prospects. I probably rank him higher than anybody that ranks prospects. I just think he's a complete player. He's not a stolen base guy, but he... Um, He's shown adversity, being able to overcome a bad start in the minors. He's killing it this year. Boston is a fantastic spot for him to be. Lots of guys on, even if he's hitting six or something like that. So I think Devers has a shot this year, but he is risky. I'm not a big Ozzie Albies guy, though he can have some impact. Scott Kingry is super interesting. He's been working a lot of launch angle type of stuff. He's having an incredible season in the minors, 2020 on stolen bases and homers. Brinson's going to get time. I don't think Rogers comes up and Hoskins could. So all set aside, the Mets at some point are going to have to call up Rosario. I'm going to say Ahmed Rosario and Rafael Devers out after Moncada. And then there's still a couple pitchers people should be on the lookout for. As we're recording this, I'm not watching the Futures game. I'm going to watch it after and comment on it. But I know a guy in the Futures game that I saw at the Fall Stars game, Brent Honeywell, he is a starting pitcher that could come up this year. And when he does, Major League's going to have a hard time with him. He throws a fork ball. And, uh, you know, it, it's a really trippy pitch. So that would be on the pitching side I would look for. But I'll go uh, Devers and Rosario here. Right, I'm, not in, I'm not as deep into it as the Welsh is. So, I, you know, Yohan Moncada, like the Welsh said, is kind of the obvious one. And I think uh, Lewis Brinson comes back up. And, and if, if, Lu, if Lewis Brinson didn't come back up, I go Reese Hoskins with uh, Philly. You know, maybe the Yankees are going to ask, uh, or the uh, Marlins are going to ask too much to give up Justin Bohr. Maybe they trade for uh, Tommy Joseph, and then Reese Hoskins has a spot to play. Because I, you know, if Hoskins had an obvious spot to play, I put him ahead of Brinson, and probably still behind Devers, like the Welsh said. But um, I, I would really like to see him in the bigs this year. I just don't know if it's going to happen. Big power. Yeah, yeah. As far as Hoskins, he's a first baseman. It hits for a lot of power. Um, I, I actually think if we take Moncada out of it, I go uh, Philly sweep on this one with uh, Scott Kingry and uh, Rise Hoskins, and you know they maybe make uh, you know pull the young card and uh, put some of these young guys in. And I, I you know, you mentioned Scott uh, Kingry. I mean, he's having a tremendous year. I want to highlight some of his numbers here. Um, you know, this is a small guy, 5'10", 180, um, you know, put on a little bit of weight uh, this year, and it's really making a difference in his numbers. So he didn't hit over um, – he had five home runs between A ball and double A ball last year, three home runs in, in 2015 in A ball. And then this year, all the way jumped up, he's now at 22 across double A and triple A. Um, so crazy jump there for him. And then, you know, the steals, like you mentioned, I mean, this guy's a 70 um, on the prospect grade there for, for speed and hitting for a decent average. And, um, yeah, I really like what I'm seeing out of him. And uh, I'm excited to, 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 to see him up at some point this year. It would be sweet if he came up with, uh, with Rias and, 
saw a little bit of that future for the Phillies. There's a big storm that's coming in Philadelphia of prospects that are J.P. Crawford, Kingry, Reese, Cousins at some point. Nick Williams has already shown up. They, there's a big wave of prospects that are on their way for Philly. Philly will be interesting at some point. So I mentioned um, you know, picking either the, uh, the New Welsh Order or the Bog Nation of Domination um, you know, here at the end. I think I'm going to have to go Bog Nation of Domination. Sorry, yeah! I take everything I bet said back about iTunes reviews. Make sure you don't put in <laughs> iTunes reviews. Go listen to ITL and Prospect One. Is it because of the accuracy in the Travesty. game? Travesty. <laughs> well, thanks so much, guys. It was a lot of fun. I appreciate you coming on. We, we got to do it again sometime, and um, it was a blast. So thank you. We appreciate you having us, Angel. Even though you're Bog right. Nation. All right, we're out, guys. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to the Roto-Rise Fantasy Baseball Podcast, where we help you rise in your fantasy standings. Did you know you can get custom expert fantasy team reviews on the web at rotorisefantasy.com, where we offer top free agent pickups, standing analysis, and trade ideas, all done by a real-life fantasy expert. You can put it on the board. Boom, out of here.